Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, August 25th. I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in tonight. I see a lot of people uh, tuning in via the phone lines. Thank you guys for your support. Um, just have a quick reminder, if you guys have questions or comments about whatever we're talking about tonight, I invite you to give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914 914- Eight zero three four three nine nine. Press the option to speak with the host, and we'll get you on. Um, before we get started, I'm just going to switch you over to Denise so she can greet you as well. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Beauty Talk. I don't have any beauty news tonight, but um, just wanted to thank our listeners um, from around the world for uh, joining us this past week and for always listening to the show. And thank you guys tonight for all of you that have tuned in. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have questions or comments, uh, please feel free to call in to 914-803-4399 so we can get your questions uh, answered. And if you have comments, just want to talk to the ladies tonight, uh, please feel free to uh, call in and give them a little um, encouragement. All right. Um, we have two wonderful ladies on with us tonight, and um, I believe one, I see the number, but I'm not familiar with a number from the other, but 
We're going to bring them both on tonight and talk a little bit about their careers, Ms. Uh, Tavia Jackson and Alvania Frazier. And, but before we speak with the ladies, we're going to um, take a very, very quick uh, commercial break. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Janice and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris, James Vincent, V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter-Narcisse, Tim Bucharin, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, A.J. Crimson, Michael DeVellis, Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend, Rochard, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda. Brazil, South Korea, Ireland, Canada, Sweden, the Bahamas, and so many other parts of the world. Are you following us on social media? We're on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. We're also on Twitter at beauty underscore talk. And we can't forget about Facebook, beauty talk online. We're celebrating 10 years. We're excited about where we're going and we know you are too. All right, we are back, and again, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We're speaking with makeup artist Tavia Jackson and Alvania Frazier, and uh, you guys have to excuse me because I was having problems um, getting on the line tonight. So normally I'm on and I'm talking with the ladies, making sure I know who's calling from what number, but I'm going to have to go a little old school with it tonight, and we're just going to have to choose a number and see who's on the line. Okay, let's see. Hello? Hello. Hi, is this, who's this? This is Alvania Frazier. Hi, Alvania. I'm glad. Hi, can you guys guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Okay, okay, good. Okay, just hold tight for me one second. I'm trying to get Tavia on the line. I'm not sure which one of these numbers is hers. Um, and so if I if I if I bring a caller on the line, if you're Tavia, please just say your name, whoever, whether you're Tavia or not, so that we'll you know, we'll take you off the line um if you're not, but I just need to figure it out. Hello. Hi, this is Tavia. Oh, hi, I'm so happy it's you and I apologize, I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, Tavia. Oh, it's okay. Sorry you picked the right number. I'm sure <laughs> like you the lottery. <laughs> you know, the area, code, the area code threw me off. That's why I wasn't sure if that was you or not. But, um, yeah, I did. I picked the right number. So that's good. We can get moved forward. So I apologize, everyone, for that little um, 
moment right there trying to figure out who's who, but we have our ladies on the line. Thank you both for tuning in with us tonight. We're happy that you're here. Why don't you both start off? Um, either one can go first. Uh, let's say, Tavia, you can just start first. Um, and just let everyone know um, a little bit about you. Introduce yourself to our audience and tell us what inspired you um, to become a makeup artist. And then, Alvania, you follow. Okay. Absolutely. But first and foremost, thank you so much. Thank you both so much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. You all's work, your reputation, how you treat people um, has gone well before you in so many situations and circumstances. I've come across so many people that have worked with you all, and they speak volumes of your integrity and of your generosity and of your kindness. So I'm just honored to be here today, and I thank you for having me on the show. Um, My name is Tavia Jackson of Tavia J Beauty, and I specialize in accentuating my clients' natural beauty. Um, I am passionate about makeup because I love the experience of people seeing themselves differently and what they look like. I enjoy pouring into them, into their spirit and their soul while we're accentuating their face or their body. It's just a beautiful experience to encounter that with individuals. And to some of my clients, like I'm the first person, the last person, excuse me, that they see before they go speak or before they perform, and they make it that way on purpose because they want to be in the environment that God has allowed me to create to provide for them before they go do something major and important. And so it's just an honor to spend time with people and to use a gift and a talent that God has given me to help them move forward in life. Some women, it's building their confidence. Some women, it's helping them to be and experience their best self. Um, So it's just a beautiful opportunity to be able to accentuate a face, to teach women about beauty, and overall about themselves and who they are. Amen, amen. Um, I'm Alvania Frazier, and uh, I've been doing makeup since 2011. Uh, My business name is Flavors uh, Makeup Artistry, and I started wanting to do makeup. I was about seven years old. And that was, you know, what was that, about 94? So my mom used to wear makeup, and she didn't wear, like, you know, back then, it wasn't how makeup is today. So she would wear, like, her bold lips, her foundation, and her mascara. But I was so excited about it. So I would follow her around whenever it was time to do her makeup. And I would just sit in the bathroom with her and just watch her. And I was just so excited about learning. It was, like, literally the highlight of my day was to watch my mom put on makeup. And as I got older, um, I went into radio, doing radio, and I needed a side hustle to do something. So I was like, I'm going to start doing makeup. And I started learning how to do it. And then I started saying I was a makeup artist. And I really think people chose me to do their makeup because I felt like they knew I was on the radio. So they were like, oh, let me, let me try to do, let me let her do her makeup. So I started, my business started like really fast for me not to really be knowing what I was really doing. But um, I started doing that about eight years ago, and I just fell in love with it. It, it was it was a part of my passion, just meeting new people, connecting with people, um, learning people's personalities. And, like, uh, T- Tavia, am I saying it right? Or Tavia? I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. but um, Oh, like no she, problem. It's Tavia. Tavia. Okay, like she was saying, like, we're literally like the last people that, you know, they see before they go out to meet their, you know, their new husband or 
go on stage or whatever it is, like we're the last people that they connect with. And it's just a wonderful feeling just to connect with people on that level. Nice. Let me ask the both of you, because my sister and I are from, uh, we're from Maryland. And when we started out, out in our careers, my sister was living here in Atlanta and I was still in Maryland. So Back when we started, you know, the internet wasn't like it is today. Um, What else? People, you didn't hear people talk about careers as a makeup artist Mm -hmm. at all. For the most part, what you knew about a professional makeup artist is when you were like, you know, looking in a magazine and you read the name of who did the makeup, you know, or or if you happen to stay long enough at a movie theater and you re- you were the type to read to cre- you know to read the credits, that's the only experience you had or knew of even you know who makeup artists were. No one talked about oh she's a makeup artist. No one talked about that. Um, you know the the color options weren't there. Um, I'm trying to think of some things like that I've noticed that has changed over the years. Um, Both my sister and I have been doing makeup for about 21 years, and we've been doing film and television for 18. And so in that long period of time, there's a lot of things that we've noticed that's changed about the business. Social media was not around at all. And then when social media did start making an appearance, um, it wasn't like what it is today. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about where you guys are from, what the makeup community was like in your town when you first started started um, to you know to pursue a career in makeup, and what are some of the changes that you've noticed about um, the business? Does it matter who goes who goes first? No, it does not. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. I grew up here uh, since I've been four. So I'm in, I'm closer to Charlotte. So I do Charlotte and surrounding areas around here. Um, So when I started eight years ago, it was maybe like, it may have been more, but I didn't know, but it was maybe like five to six top makeup artists in, in Charlotte. And they weren't, I mean, like you said, social media wasn't, it was just coming into, like, you know, getting big. So they weren't really known like that, like the makeup artists are now. So it was just, it was a different time. Like, I, I think back on that, and I'm like, wow, like, it was like maybe six, five or six big makeup artists in Charlotte. Like I said, it could have been more. But you didn't know a lot about them. But now there's so many, you know, makeup artists in Rock Hill, Charlotte, surrounding areas, and and some of them have, you know, 10,000s of followers or 20,000s of followers because they're building that community on social media. And social media now is a big deal for a lot of makeup artists, you know, everyday event makeup artists. I do notice, though, I research a lot about TV and film, and I do notice when I research TV and film makeup artists, they don't have that. They, they have maybe – a thousand followers, sometimes less, and they're not, I guess they don't have that big following because I guess in the TV and film industry, as I'm starting to learn a little bit about it, it's 
a lot of stuff is word of mouth. So that's the you guys, you know, people know who you are and you pass along word of mouth and then if you're on um if you're in the union you have the union list and stuff like that. But I see a total difference with the everyday makeup artists in the city, how they have a lot of followers and then you see T V and film, it's a, it's just a different avenue. I don't know. I just I've been paying attention to that. So yeah, it's it's social media is different now totally than back then. I definitely agree yeah. with you. Um, I'm originally from Long Island, New York, then I moved to New Jersey, and then now I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So when I started doing makeup, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I wasn't as aware of many makeup artists, and I wasn't really that into social media. I wasn't on Instagram at the time, and I was, and I was on Facebook. And most of the makeup artists that I followed weren't in my city. Um, but one of the things that I noticed was a lot of people are, and the younger generation, they almost received the validation from the mm-hmm. social media followers when right. I could look around and meet people that did amazing makeup and they may have had not as many followers. And so I had to learn that it's not about followers. You know, you do your best and you do what you do every day. And the word of mouth does spread as well. And, of course, you can tackle the social media side. That's a great opportunity to advertise your business. But I also learned that it made people compare themselves more often and not stay in their lane. So you look at somebody who does amazing dramatic makeup every day, and that's all they do, and that's fine. But then, depending on the city you live in, maybe most of your clientele need everyday makeup or maybe bridal makeup. Um, So sometimes, well, what I had to learn was to stay in my lane and and don't just get swayed by what's new on social media or, you know, by somebody who always does dramatic makeup because my model may not need that or my client or my bride may not need that. So I I learned how to do everything. Um, I learned the 80-20 rule. So 80% of what I post is what I do most of the time, and then the 20% I'll post the extra creative stuff since since that's not where the majority of my clientele is. Right, right. Well, let me speak a little bit about the film and TV makeup artists, and I'll speak specifically about myself. Um, for the most part, you know, and I'll I'll just say for myself, sometimes I don't even have the energy for <laughs> social media. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, what do I post today? Oh, I don't want to post today. I just want to scroll and just look and, you know, and that's about it. Um, I've spent years doing the work and before social media was around. And so, you know, for the most part, it was about your work and who you and who you are. And People, you know, because you may have hear people say this business is 99%, you know, who you are or your personality more so than your talent. Yes, you need to be talented. Yes, you need to know how to do things. But people looking mainly, um, or producers, I should say, they want to know that you're a nice person or you're a good person. You can bring those, those actors on the trailer, get them through the work, no drama, you know, and even if there is drama, they never find out if you know how to, you know, keep it all in-house and, how, you know, and eliminate the foolishness. So producers like people who can manage their budgets, do the work, and everyone has a great day. So 
you know, you spend, you spend, I spent rather those years, you know, doing the work. And I can speak for my sister and I, we just did the work. And so now when social media comes along, for the most part, we're still doing what we, you know, what we do. We'll post here and there in film and TV. You don't do a lot of posting because now because of social media, social media has kind of ruined it because if it wasn't for social media, then you probably would see film and TV artists do more posting. Not, and I'm not saying like doing a whole lot of posting, but they probably would post more. I think it's to the point now where people are so afraid to post from set that they just don't post anything, you know, and they, they probably could post more than they, they probably could post more than what they do, but they're so afraid they just don't post anything. And, um, you know, because of these non-disclosure agreements that we sign and, you know, a lot of times the, the production doesn't want you to take pictures of the actors in their wardrobe because they feel like it's giving some of the story away. So a lot of times when you do see us post, it's kind of after the fact. You know, that episode already aired or that movie already came out. So now you may start, start to see some things, you know, like you may behind the scenes or, you know, um, some kind of special effects that you did or something like that, you'll begin to see things after the fact. And then at that point, you know, I may take pictures of things and because I have to wait, by the time it's time, you know, I can show it, I'm like, to me, that's old news. I don't even feel like posting it. You know what I mean? So for some people, <laughs> and that's just me, <laughs> but for some people, you know, it may be different, but that's one of the things about film and TV. We can't post a lot of stuff you know, like in real time, like when it ha- when it first happened, you know, it'll sometimes it'll be months, you know, next year, whatever. But then also, you know, like I was saying, we've been focused on doing the work and, and we're still focused on that, you know, to this day. And so a lot of times for us, it's not about showing what we do, whatever. We just, we work and that's, and that's how we, um, you know, um, and I appreciate, Tavia, you saying what you said when you first got on the line, but because of that, I honestly do believe that's one of the reasons why we continue to work. And so, you know, with that being said, a lot of times we don't, um, we don't focus so much on social media. Maybe we should. And that's why I said I speak for myself because I can't say, you know, that's, the life of every film and TV makeup artist, but for the most part, none of us have large followings because we're not, you know, we're so busy a lot of times on set. When you sit down, you're just looking at other people's social media. You're not even thinking about yourself or <laughs> trying to, because that's not, that's not how we get our jobs. You know what I mean? That's not how we get our jobs. We don't get our jobs by posting our work on social media. Now, if someone wants to, like if a producer asked us to show our work, for the most part, you know, they're impressed with, you know, if you come in with, your, with a portfolio or if you come or if you show a website somewhere where they can go see your work, nine times out of 10, I don't really think that they're looking for your work on social media. Because then, the, then there's also the um, issue for those, for those makeup artists out there who aren't, and this is my next question to you guys, um, for those makeup artists out there who aren't um, film and TV artists that, that post your work, what do you think about some of this work that you see out there 
um, where you see these, you know, these makeup artists, and it's just, it's so perfect. And we know, you know, <laughs> some people, you know what I mean? Y'all know where I'm going with this. Like, it's, it's so perfect. You know, it's not, you know, you do the makeup, somebody takes a picture, and it's unedited. But you're not seeing people posting their unedited work. Right, exactly. So, yeah. but, but, but some, some of the editing, the is, yeah, and some of the editing is so over the top that it just really makes me, it makes me wonder. So what do you guys think about that? You know, because um, any you mentioned, um, you know, sometimes not being on social media because then that's when people start comparing themselves and, you know, because y'all also know that everything on social media is not what it seems. So exactly. What do yeah. you guys What do you guys think about people posting their works, their work, and the you know the over top editing, and then just people putting pictures out there? Like sometimes you may see people put pictures out there with a celebrity, and like you know today at the office, you know this happened, you know, and then but really it was like a group of makeup artists and that celebrity is not who you did, but now you're taking a picture. So you have other people thinking, wow, (laughs) you with that artist today. You know what I'm saying? So, or um, makeup artists who are on set of a movie and they're working with the background, but Mm -hmm. they're pumping it up. They're pumping it up so much. They're pumping up the movie so much and and they're very thankful. And I don't take anything away from anybody. I'm not saying when people say that they're thankful that they're really not, but what I'm saying is is that people pump themselves up so much and pump the situation up so much that they have other people believing that it's their show, like they're the ones who are mm. heading up this show when they're actually just working as additional. So what do you think about the effects of social media and how it you know, the effects that it has on your career, but then, you know, and talk a little bit about just the stuff that you see. I feel like with people, you know, you're saying how people, they'll post their work and they're going in and they're, you know, using Facetune or whatever, you know, editing software to make their picture look, you know, pretty, you know, <laughs> like not like skin light. But you can only fake it for so long because if you're showing that you're this, you know, perfect makeup artists on social media and you're not really as good as your social media pictures look and then somebody comes to you, they're like, whoa, that's not, you know, that's not what I thought you were. And I, I've had clients say that before, like, whew, you, can, you can't trust that social media. And I'd be like, what do you mean? They'd be like, if some people's pictures, they look nice, and then when you go to them, they either, you know, look like they walking out with like a face full of, Three, three or four layers of foundation on, and it's just like a lot, you know. So I hear clients say that a lot, and it's sometimes it can ruin. And then like, like, like um, she was saying, you know, you compare. So you're thinking, or if you're following another makeup artist in the business or in your town or whatever, and you're seeing their work, and you're like, man, like you start thinking, am I? You start, you really start having insecurities, like oh, man, am I good enough? Am, am I not, you know, or why they have this many followers? And I don't, you know, you start really comparing yourself and thinking, like, you're just not good enough or you need to work harder or whatever the, the case may be. But social media is can sometimes be damaging to your career if you if you let it. Um, and then in TV and film, 
I don't know. If I was a background maker, I wouldn't even be posting. I would just be working. I'm just glad to be working. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be posting. Um, I would just be like, mm, I'm glad to be working. And like you said, um, when you were saying about how, you know, you guys posting and then after the fact when it comes out. And I I hear a lot of makeup artists and TV and films say that, like, they'll, the, they have to wait till the project is over. And by the time the project comes out, they even forgot. They even worked on the projects, and they be forgetting about posts and stuff. And I, I love how low-key you guys are. I, whenever I look at TV and film makeup artists on social media, I'm like, they're so low-key. I just want to be low-key like that and work. You know, I love it. It's amazing to me. But um, social media – it's iffy to me. I mean, because for me and what I do, I feel like I need to post to get work. And I do find a lot of clients by hashtagging and stuff like that. But if I could be low-key, like TV and film, I'll take it all day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's huh. funny because, it, um, you know, when I think about me, and this is Denise, when I think about me as a makeup artist and, especially what I see on social media all the time, like like Janice was saying earlier, a lot of times we don't even have time for that. Or mm-hmm. even when you try, you try to be consistent with a few things, you know, posting a few things here and there, but sometimes it gets tough. And I'm, I'm at the point now where I honestly don't care. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's great if social media gets you work, great. If, you know, if social media helps people to know who you are, great. But people know who I am because they see the credits on the movies or the television shows that I'm working on. And then they just, you know, if they don't know me, then they're like, okay, well, let me Google her or whatever. That's Mm -hmm. how people know who I am. I don't necessarily need social media um, for people to find out who Denise Pinnell is. Um, If it's a producer or a producer or a director or somebody or somebody like that who, you know, who's who has reached out to me uh, about working on a show, you know, they find out about me certain ways, whether it's, whether somebody else referred me or whether um, they had a union roster and they looked up my name or something. But they find out, you know, about me somehow. And you don't know how many interviews I've been on and I've had producers or especially directors tell me that, you know, they were interested when they saw my resume and they saw the shows that I worked on, you know, they were interested in me because of my makeup on those shows. And they weren't necessarily shows where it was like a beauty show, you know. It was actually Atlanta. Those mainly guys. Um, you know, shows where, um, you know, the makeup was downplayed because, remember, in film and TV, we're creating characters. We're not creating mm-hmm. housewives. Uh, we're not creating, you know, beauty influencers. We're creating characters, real-life characters. So if that character is an actual housewife, then she looks like a mother who has children, who's married, who's running the household, taking care of a family. She doesn't look like she has, you know, all this makeup caked up, caked on her face, and no disrespect to mm-hmm. anybody, but that's not mm-hmm. who a housewife is, you know. So, mm-hmm. I've had so many directors also to say, you know, once they've hired me, I don't want that Instagram makeup. <laughs> so you have to, you have to stop and think now. What people when they they see stuff on social media now, 
And they're looking at not just what they like, but what they don't like. So people are out there trying to beat a face, beat a face, beat a face, and it's not about beating a face. Beating Mm -hmm. a face will get you a job locally, wherever you live, for somebody who wants to go to a party and they want their face beat. Beating the face will get you paid that way. But beating a face won't get you paid the money that you deserve or the money that you think you deserve. Wow. That's so, so insightful. Think about, think about um, you know, magazine covers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about your Vogue's and your Lore's and your, you know, Glamour magazine. Nobody's got a beat face. Not like not like what we think in a beat face is. You know, Allure, exactly. most of the people in Allure don't even, don't even wear makeup. So you have to think about what it is in your career that you, you want to do, you, you know, what you want to achieve, and focus on that. Social media is a great uh, way of getting work because a lot of people get work through it. So if that works for you, great. Work it, but don't feel pressured to keep up with anybody else because that's what happens. You do start Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to everybody else. You start comparing your work to all of these people who have Photoshopped their work, you know, or who put a filter on their work. You can't compare yourself to that. And that filtered stuff and Photoshop stuff, most of the time, is not what directors are looking for. Um, you, it, it's gotten so bad on social media and, and reality TV that now your everyday woman or your everyday actress wants to look like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to find, you know, you have to find what it is that you like to do and be comfortable in that and just do that and keep working that. That's so true. And That's my- I remember early on, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Like I would do a face, and I just felt like because I had seen this person have six colors yeah. on their eyes on social yep. media that maybe I wasn't doing enough. Maybe I need to exactly. add another layer. And <laughs> yep. then I yep. realized that I looked at the magazine exactly like what you said because that is I love doing makeup for magazines. And I looked at the magazines. And they aren't they are not like that. And then as I began to get hired to do makeup for magazines, you know, I would ask the photographer, I would ask the creative director, what would you like? I and they would say, I want what you do all the time. Like I've seen your work, do that. And they didn't want all the flashy, colorful, you know, items that we see sometimes. And so I realized that they were hiring me because they they saw that aspect of my work and that's what they wanted. And so then I just learned to not conform to the pressure of because they seem like they get more likes, for example, for doing that dramatic, mm-hmm. creative, right. cut, creative. Right. Um, right. When yep. you don't see that too often. Um, I know for marketing, right. of course, you definitely want to put your business out there in various forms, and that definitely does bring business. But it also feels like our society as a whole has turned to look at me, look at me, look at me, give me a platform, right. give me a platform, give me a platform. Um, and so right. sometimes instead of working, people utilize that smallest opportunity to say, look at me, even if I only did a tiny little bit, <laughs> you know, to, to put something out there to get that no- notoriety and to be on 
social media, but a lot of my clients as well have said don't do Instagram makeup, and they don't even look at Instagram because they know that a lot of it is Photoshopped and filtered. And I even one time, there was a client that I had, and I saw a picture that she posted with another photographer and another makeup artist, and I had to take a step back. Like, oh, my gosh, maybe I haven't been doing this girl's makeup good. But then I saw that that was the way after Photoshopped, Photoshopped, Photoshopped picture. And then I realized, oh, mm-hmm. no, I've been doing a good job. <laughs> and and so we, we also just have to continue to keep in mind to do what you do. And I know for me, skin care is important. Um, yeah, so, right. so addressing the skin care needs of my client and then doing a natural, a natural uh, makeup application on them, something that looks good and accentuates their face is always something that sets my personal clients at ease. And you know what's all, what's really important, because you just said addressing the skincare needs. So in order to address the skincare needs, you actually have to have a conversation with your client, and that's what's important, having a conversation with your client, finding out exactly what it is that they want and how they want to look. And so there's no need to worry about, Compare, you know, doing makeup like anybody, like somebody on social media. Do the makeup based on how they want it done and what you feel is best. Exactly. That's it. Just simply having those conversations with your clients, I think. So, but I, I want to go back a little bit and talk about when you all individually first started your careers. Like, how did, like, what were the challenges? How, how, how did you get it going? How did you, um, get to the point of um, actually doing makeup and getting paid for makeup? Because there's so many people out there who are doing makeup and, and they want to be able to transition into a career and not just a hobby. And, you know, some people start off as a hobby and want to transition into a career. And some people start out knowing that this is the way they want to go as a career, but they, they're finding it hard or difficult to to get it started and to get it going. So can you all kind of share your experiences? Um, I feel like mine started out kind of fast with people trusting me because when I look back at some of my makeup back then, I'm like, whoa, you trusted me to do that? Like, come on now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it started out really quickly with me getting, I think I was like watching YouTube maybe for like, six months practicing on myself, practicing on my sisters, just practicing. And then maybe like after, so that was about maybe six or eight months. And then I started like saying, hey, you know, you want to do your makeup? I do your makeup for like maybe $25 or something. I don't know back then. Um, And then I started posting the pictures, the work that I was doing on like, Instagram wasn't around, so maybe it was more of Facebook. So Insta- I mean, it was Facebook and Twitter around, but I don't think I was posting pictures on Twitter. So it had to be Facebook. And people just started, you know, saying, hey, will you do my makeup for this? Will you do my makeup for that? And I was like, sure. But, like, back then, my, my goal, I was radio. I was a radio personality. So my goal was radio. Makeup was, like, my second thing. It was like, you know, hey, I love doing makeup. I love beauty. But I'm all into radio. So that's all I care about right now. So, you know, at that moment, I still had clients, and I still loved it, but it wasn't the biggest part of me at that moment. But I would say to makeup artists that are trying to get started is to practice. You know, you have family that want their makeup done for things. Practice on them. Learn, study, research, whatever field you want to go go to in 
in this industry because it's, it's such a huge industry and there's so many different, you know, avenues in the beauty industry. So whatever field you want to go in, research it, practice, just perfect your craft, do whatever. I mean, just sometimes you might have to do free work or work on fashion shows and stuff like uh charity things or whatever like that. But just practice, 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 research, study, and just focus before. And then eventually you're going to be making, you're, you will be making money. You will be making money in it, but just practice, 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 and and, and practice some more. <laughs> That's I, I feel like that would be the biggest thing, yeah, for them is just to practice. And then, you know, have people that, that trial and error for you, like when you mess up. Because when you keep practicing and perfecting something, you do get good at it. You have those moments where you be like, oh, that face, you know, that, that wasn't my best face. But <laughs> I'm practice. I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to see what technique works best for me and whatever, you know, avenue. If it's bridal, if it's TV, if it's film, if it's magazines, whatever avenue. Every avenue is different, so. I agree about practicing. I actually got into makeup from doing skincare. I was in mm-hmm. a business and I did skincare and facials for women. And then they would say, "Well, before I leave, can you please put my makeup back on?" And at that time, um, I was not adept to do that. So another one of my mentors actually had a license in cosmetology, and she had already done a lot of makeup. And so she volunteered to come up from Florida and teach me how to do makeup for a weekend. So she came up and she taught me different things. And one of the things she said was, well, you know, I pray before every face, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I said to myself, well, I know Jesus. I can probably do this too. (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, every face I was still a little nervous. Um, However, I practiced, 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 like you said. I volunteered my services. I would volunteer that I could do makeup, but then I would charge a price. And then as I started with liquids, for example, and I learned liquids. I like liquids a lot. And then there was a time where I tried creams, um, and then I went back to liquids. But I got a variety of different products, and I remember when flashback was an issue, and then I had to research and learn and change the products I was using to make sure there was no flashback. So there's a constant learning in the industry, and you settle on great products, but then I started investing in teaching and training. And once you really start investing in your business and investing in yourself, mm-hmm. that there, there comes a time where, yes, I used to do the fashion shows for free to get my name in the thing and, and get all my free products or get my discounted products with Max and my discounted products with this one, and to build that kit and to do what you need to do to start your business. And then there comes a time when you know your worth, you know your value, and you know what you bring to the table. And it, and it becomes a time where you would actually hurt the business more than helping the business to do the discounted and the low, low rate. So also being a part of a community where we support each other as makeup artists, knowing and building that self-esteem and realizing your worth, um, that also changed how I do makeup and how I present, for example, my prices and things like that in the skincare industry, in the beauty industry. So let me ask you, speaking of investing in yourself and classes, how important is education? And I, I believe I know the answer based on some of the things that you guys are saying, but how important to you is education? And what do you think about the way education is presented now? Because now it's a lot of 
you know, people getting on social media and they're talking and they're, 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 they're putting out that they're going to be talking about a certain thing. And then when everybody tunes in at 7 p.m. Um, and they start, you know, talking about whatever they say they're going to talk about, but they're not really getting into it like they could because at the end of the talk, they're going to tell you that they're offering a class um, <laughs> on a certain day. And you know what I'm saying? And then it's, it's this paid class. So a lot of people are doing paid classes via social media. You know, you tune in, you get a special link, you tune in. Um, you may have lifetime access to this link or at least 30 days or something like that. So what do you guys think about education and how it's being presented now? What do you prefer? Do you prefer to show up at a class um, you know, back in the day when we first started out there, you know, you had Mac, they were doing classes all over the country, like wherever they had, um, you know, like the Mac uh, stores or what have you, not the Calendars. stores, but the, the um, not the counters, but you know how like they would have the Mac stores, like um, it oh, would be Los, like Los Angeles, the pro stores. So they would have <laughs> classes at the pro stores. Um, you know, and we we lived in Maryland, so it was easy. Well, I did anyway, but it was easy for me to get to New York to the pro store. But for somebody who may live in Chicago, you know, maybe they wouldn't be able to get to, or they even didn't even want to spend the money to try to travel to New York or to travel to L.A. to, you know, go to a class. But but then, you know, other classes started to come about. Then you had these um, back then. It was IMATS. We would always attend IMATS in L.A. So it was, we already knew, you know, you need a hotel, you need a flight. You we're going to get there, and then we're going to spend a whole entire weekend being educated. But a lot of people aren't going to those extremes anymore. A lot of people uh, don't want to spend the money um, to do that kind of thing. So what do you, what do you, what is guys' opinion on, on that? I feel like I, so I was one of the people when all of these people started saying, Hey, we're doing classes for this. If you want to learn how to do this, you need to invest in your business. And you would just see like a regular makeup artist promoting the class. And I would be like, no, I'm, I'm just not paying for it. I'm just not doing it. And I would think that way. And that was years ago. But then, when I really started, like, trying to get into TV and film, um, I found Miss Coretta and out of Atlanta who worked for Tyler Perry Studios, and I, she was doing a class, and I was like, I have to take this class. Like, I want to invest. And I started thinking, like, if this is something, this is a transition that I want to go into from, you know, bridal everyday makeup into TV and film. I have to invest. I have to learn. And I took her class, and it was, amazing. I learned so much about being a day player makeup artist and it was amazing. It was the best investment I ever made. And I would take another class if it was about TV and film. Like now if it's a regular makeup artist teaching a regular class, I'm probably not going to take that class. But if you give me something for TV and film to learn about that, I will invest in it every day because I feel like that's the career path I'm trying to go on. So if if you're trying to go into bridal and you follow a bridal makeup artist that has a bridal class Take that class, invest in it because it'll help you. You can learn a different technique. You can learn new products. It'll, it'll, that investment that you make, if you have to pay $300 for that class to invest in a, a bridal makeup class, you're going to make that back. 
especially if you if you go mm-hmm. to the class, you learn whatever they teach you, and you go back and you apply it, you start learning it, and start you know working on your cousins or your sisters, and start practicing on their faces, and you learn that technique to perfect your craft. You're going to make that back because it is an investment. So. Now I believe in it. Whatever path you're trying to go down and you see a class that fits that path in the industry, I say take it and invest in it and learn and just keep learning and research. Even if it's not just a class, just learning, you know, you're learning your craft, and that's important. Right. Absolutely. It's very, very important. And I've heard the social media pitches at the end of the things that were free as well. That made me laugh. I have experienced that. <laughs> I believe that there's someone for everyone and there's clientele for every person that's offering a service. Um, I personally prefer hands-on for the most part. There's so many nuances with makeup, with placement, with pressure, details that make all the world of a difference. For example, at IMAX, where I met you all, I learned so many different things. The ability to ask a question to make sure you're doing it right. Now, sometimes the classes that may be on social media, you can learn about products and varying um, things that people are doing. But I think overall, when it comes to your day-to-day work, it's great to invest in a hands-on learning, building relationships. I can't really build a relationship when there's 300 people on a phone call and everybody's going to chime in and say, hi, I'm from Charlotte. Hi, I'm from (laughs) D.C. But that, that person doesn't really get to see my face. They don't get to encounter my spirit. And we don't get to connect as much as when you get in person with someone. You can shake a hand. You get to know them. You get to meet them and see what they're like and see what type of relationship you can build from there. So I think that it's also a matter of sowing and reaping. I know that as I sow into my business, into my ed- continued education, that I'm going to reap a harvest. And it's what successful people do all the time. Most successful people go to two to three, if not four, conferences a year. They read books and they associate with people that are success-minded. And sometimes we're in a microwave society and we think, oh, all I have to do is watch YouTube and I'm going to be a millionaire. However, (laughs) the reality of it is, is to be the best at what you're doing, you have to do what other people aren't doing. And that's why I think it's even better to go to hands-on classes and things like IMATS. And I have done a lot of one-on-ones with people I admire and things like that because that's how you rise above and you become the person that people seek out because they recognize something different about you. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are some of the challenges that you guys have faced along your journey? Hmm. I haven't, I'm trying to think. I haven't really, I had to take a break. Um, I ended up getting pregnant and having my daughter, and I took a break from um, everything for about three years. And then Mm -hmm. I started back up doing it in maybe 2016. But I just started practicing and posting videos when I started back doing it because it had, like I said, it had been a three-year gap. And by that summer, I was booked, like like every weekend that summer for a wedding. And I was, I was amazed by that because I was like, it's been three years. And now when I took my break, then, you know, the contour and the highlight stuff had had come out. And I was like, I don't want to do contour and highlight. Like, I just want to do regular foundation. And I couldn't adjust to it at first. And I was like, I don't think makeup's for me because this new makeup stuff just, 
I just can't. But, you know, I started practicing. I started trying to transition over into it a little bit. But um, I don't really think I – I think most of my challenges is now trying to, like a, like I keep saying, trying to transition over to TV and film. I remember when I first decided that I wanted to do it, I reached out to a makeup artist in Atlanta, out of Atlanta. I guess she worked on some show. And I was just asking her questions. And I guess she didn't – I don't know. I keep thinking, like, did I approach her the wrong way? Because she blocked me. And I was confused. I was like, whoa, that was that was different. But then when I reached out to um, you, Miss Denise, it was just – you got you and your sister, Denise, y'all was just so, like, welcoming. And it was just a breath of fresh air just to talk to you guys about, you know, anything. But – I think that was the only thing. I think when she blocked me, I kind of got discouraged. I was like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to go into that, that field because I'm like, dang, you know, why did she block me, you know? So that's the only thing I pretty much faced. Yeah. You know, some people, um, some people I think, can um, just be threatened a little bit. Uh, and sometimes it may not even be that. Sometimes you, people just don't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I don't. I mean, for you to even ask yourself, was it how I, I pro- approached her, then to me that tells me that you really didn't approach her the wrong way. Um, okay. Maybe they just, you know, maybe she just didn't want to be bothered. Some people are like, oh, gosh, here's somebody else trying to do what I do. And, you know, they may feel threatened. So don't ever take it personal. You know, you just okay. keep asking until you ask the right person. That's good. I think some of the challenges that I faced when I first began was even deciding my pricing, um, what works for my area, and then what works based on who I am and what I'm offering Mm -hmm. and the type of products I'm using. Creating my business self-esteem was something that I had to learn how to do. Um, And then there were simple things like lighting challenges. How do I get the pictures that I do take? How do I get those to look great? So even lighting at one point was a challenge, so then I had to learn about lighting and purchase appropriate lighting. And even once you buy it, you have to place it appropriately in the setting. So various things like that. And then I would say getting into new fields and aspects in the makeup business. So going from the bridal and prom to makeup, that was an adjustment. So we switched and did that and going to doing models and magazine work and then also getting into things like web series and TV and film. So every shift has been a new challenge and a new opportunity to rise to that challenge. Nice. Is there anything either one of you would change about your journey? No, not me at all. I feel like everything that I've done, everything that I've been through is leading me up to where I'm supposed to go. So I would, I do not regret any of it. I think for me, mm-hmm. I would just study more sooner. And mm-hmm. I, when I was in college, I took a class for theater makeup. And I didn't remember most of the things later on because I wasn't doing makeup in college. So I do wish that even earlier on I would have taken more opportunities for theater makeup and learning um, bald cap and various creative things that are also being done um, in TV and film earlier so that I could have utilized that even earlier in my career. Um, So just more education 
earlier in my career as opposed to later in my career? Well, you know what? It's never too late to start. So don't, you know, feel bad about what you didn't do because you can always you can always do it now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can always do it now. So, um, but that's good. I, I I love the fact that you guys, um, you know, feel that education is important, and I agree um, with what was said earlier. Like, you know, if you're you want to go into a certain area, then focus on classes that deal with that particular area. Um, but you know, you just have to really be careful when selecting classes because you know before it was always like a school or a particular program or an artist who was associated with something or someone who was offering classes, but now you have, you know, it's all over the place. Everybody's teaching and everybody, like I said, when we first started out, everybody wasn't doing makeup and now everybody's a makeup artist. So you just have to be very careful with who you associate yourself with, um, who you line up with, you know, who you give money to to teach you. Um, It's not to say that, you know, all the people who are teaching can't teach. It's not that. But it's just you have to be just very, very careful about, um, you know, who you learn from. Because there's a lot of people who just started makeup last week, and now they're teaching classes, you know. (laughs) Um, So you just have to be be very careful with that. Cause I just, and I remember even when you go to the schools, and I say that because I remember when I was in school, um, I came back because a friend of mine had decided to go to the same school that I went to. So she wanted me to come to her class one night. So I came back and um, <clears throat> when the teacher saw that I was there, she wanted me to get up and speak about what I was doing and all this stuff. And I think I had been out of school like maybe two years. And after I spoke, there was another young young lady who got up who was a graduate of the class before that class. So she had just graduated like a month before. When she got up to speak, she made the announcement that she was going to be to be teaching the program, the, you know, the program that was getting ready to start, like within a few weeks. And I was just shocked because mm-hmm. my teacher, who had put in all these years of experience, you know, she had work experience as an esthetician and as a makeup artist and as an educator. And you're, like, telling me, oh, my God, like, this girl who just graduated last month, is getting ready to start teaching a class. And I was just so thankful that, you know, I had who I had as an instructor, but it just really made me wonder, like, what's going to happen? And I'm not saying that she didn't know the information and that she couldn't teach the information, but to me that scared me because for me it's not only about textbook knowledge, but it's also about the experience and the time mm-hmm. that you put in. You know, so a film makeup artist who's been working in film and TV for quite a while can really, you can really get a lot from him or her because they can tell you about the experiences that they have. And like I said, 
earlier, everything is not always about the makeup. And so a lot of times you can learn a lot just from somebody telling you their experience and how they did things. Even if it's something simple like um, I had to travel out of the country for a movie. Listening to someone talk about that, talk about how, you know, the things that they had to do and get in line, especially if they're, if they're a mother or if they're married, the things that they had to put in place before they could even leave town, you know, mm-hmm. and the things, how they pack their kids, how they pack their own personal belongings, is so many things you can get from that. You, you would really be surprised. So I love to get education from people who know what they're talking about, but they also spent some time doing it. Because you get, I think, I really believe that you get um, a lot of understanding of what you're getting into when when you learn from people like that. Um, then I heard one of you say, and I believe it, I believe that was Alvania, when you were talking about, you was wondering um, if the business was for you. It Was that you who said that? Earlier? Yes, about TV and film. Uh-huh. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I I always say is that don't let people's responses have you wondering if it's for you or have you doubting if this really is for me. Mm-hmm. Don't ever let those questions rise based on someone else's actions or or words. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you know what I mean. If it's if it's something that God put in you, and I always tell people all the time, if it's for you, there's nothing anybody can do or say to stop you from from getting there. So, you know, there may be times on the journey where it may get tough or difficult, but never, never doubt Mm -hmm. that it's for you. So I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to make sure I told you that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. I receive it. (laughs) Um, What is it that you all want to accomplish? Is there something that you are you know, I know I do know that, you know, you want to work in film and TV, but is there something that you want to accomplish in your career that you're also working toward? Um, for me, I'm trying to accomplish. I really want to join the union, so I'm trying to work towards that, try to be able to figure out how to, you know, um, get the days that I need work on, you know, TV, film, or whatever else I need to do. So that's my focus right now, just trying to get that foot in the door and then try to become a part of the union as well. Okay. Yes. Um, As well, continue to expand my experience in film and TV and finalize my hours and also get accepted into the union. I'd also like to continue working with some A-list clients that fall into the area of my expertise, like clients like Jada Pickett. Um, Many clients I see that are um, excellent that utilize the same type of makeup that I do. 
Um, so various things like that. And then I also have a heart for motivational speaking and just pouring into people. So I'd also mm-hmm. like to either encompass it with my makeup or just do it separately. Either way, I know it's something inside of me that will continue to grow. Let me let me just give you all some advice about the whole union thing because, I mean, it sounds like you all are doing, you know, the right things to kind of, um, um, you know, move in that direction. But let me just say, don't focus so much on trying to figure out how to get the days and, and um, you know, things like that. You know, put it out there you know, to, to whoever you want to put it out there to. Um, but just do the work. Just find ways of doing the work. Find ways of getting your skills to where they need to be. You know, the, the skills that a makeup artist for television and film, you know, the skills that that makeup artist should have. Focus on making sure you have those skills and, you know, you're working towards um, being able to do the work once you get into the union. Um, So just keep working. Uh, You know, work on non-union projects. Don't, you know, don't worry so much about union days. Work on non-union projects because you can get your day, you know, you get your days that way. Um, And just continue to do you know, the work of a film and TV artist and continue to do anything makeup related, you know, anything that you can continue to do that and just continue to work. And you'll be surprised how fast the union days will come. Uh You just have to keep speaking what it is that you want, but keep moving in that direction and just keep finding ways of finding, you know, of, of, of finding work and, and, and those union days will, will come easily. You know, you've got to think about um, web series, things like that you're probably not thinking about. You know, days on web series uh, count. Uh, com- some commercials, um, mm-hmm. you know, television news, um, your local news channels, uh, CNN, um, you know, just Things like that, not just, you know, getting on a, a movie or a television show that's, that's union or just, you know, getting on a big movie or TV show. It could be, you know, a student film. As long as you're getting paid, you know, as long as you're getting paid at least $50, um, it'll count. So just, you know, think about where you are, what's going on in your area. And, you know, you can think about other areas as well, but just continue to do the work and continue to put it out there. Um, to people about what it is that you want to do. And, you know, those days will soon come. Are there, like, any ways to practice? Like, so, say if you're not on a movie set, which you're just, I guess, I guess you could practice, like, on family members, like how to, the TV and film makeup, like, you know, how to apply certain stuff and stuff like that. But I guess I'm kind of answering my own question because I could practice on somebody, you know, in my family. <laughs> but are there any, like, you know, because most of the time, you know, now that I'm watching movies, I'm paying attention. So it's just like, you know, some of them, you know, it's like I just watched 13 Reasons Why, and it's, you know, it's set up in high school. So a lot of them look like they don't have on makeup, but I know they do have on makeup. So, you know, you're going with the more. You know, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard, um, hard to say how to be in the practice to, to do that mm-hmm. because that's the thing. 
You can look at something on TV and think, oh, they didn't use that much makeup. But then when you actually see how much makeup is used, it's kind of mm-hmm. shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know I'm that, saying. you know, if, just, just know that you can just, you know, practice your makeup, um, practice um, just making sure you, things are blended well because, you know, it's the, with the HD cameras, it picks up absolutely everything. So you want to make sure when you're highlighting and contouring, that doesn't stand out so much. Mm-hmm. You know what Thank I'm saying? I- because, again, the whole purpose for highlighting and contouring, you know, you're creating dimension, you know, so that, so that the face isn't really flat. You're creating dimension with the contouring and the highlighting. So you just want to make sure that whatever it is that you're creating with the makeup, you can see that without actually seeing the makeup. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, right. Like, you, you can see that the, under the light the skin is highlighted, but you don't necessarily see a bunch of bright yellow highlight under the eye, but you, but you mm-hmm. can see the subtle highlight, you know, or even you can see that, um, you know, the face looks a little chiseled in certain areas where you know maybe the face is a little bit more rounded, but now you can see that it's not. It's The makeup is doing what you want it to do, but you can't see the makeup itself. You can't see the contour itself. Like in a film and television set, you shouldn't be able to see uh, contour down the sides of the nose. You shouldn't see that. But what you, you should be able to see is the fact that it did what you wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so when, you, when, you, when you see that film and TV, that's, that's really how how the makeup should look. It should just, you should be able to see skin, you know? I mean, if there are imperfections on the face, yeah, it should be covered and do what you have to do to cover it. But you, it shouldn't look like it's makeup caked up on the imperfection. So everything has to be very well blended because the camera is going to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And another thing I would suggest as far as, you know, trying to practice is one, you know, you can practice, um, because um, I can't remember which one of you said something about earlier, like, you know, the, the theater class, but, you know, you know, if you take the time to learn ball caps, um, you know, cuts, scars, bruises, that kind of thing, those are things that you can learn. And you can, and even if you don't take a class, you can get it from a book, Google, Mm -hmm. you know, Google it and see what comes up, but you can practice those things practice, you know, you can learn how you can practice those things as well as just think about sometimes it's sometimes it's really all about people watching, you know, or just observing, for instance, um, you know, you may watch TV, you may watch like one of these like law and orders or one of these type of shows and you see an attorney and just get familiar with um, how an attorney is supposed to look. Um, um, how are just a normal everyday housewife would look? Um, how, you know, like somebody who, who's, you know, a professional person, an attorney, um, an accountant, how they would look. And even if you know some in the real world, you know, compare how what you see on TV with, you know, what you really know, what you see in the real world. Um, you can kind of do those types of observations and, you know, cause most of the time you don't see attorneys wearing red lips. Uh-huh. So, you know what I'm saying? So 
knowing the difference between, you know, how an attorney should look when they go in the office, you know, versus, you know, how an attorney would look if they were going out. So think about those kind of things. Like if you had a character who was an attorney, when you're doing scenes with that attorney and she's in the office, how she would look. But later that night, she's going to a party or some event, you know, and you decide, you know, you're going to, if you're on the show and you're going to take her makeup up to her party look, you know, how would her look change? How drastic would the change be? Those kind of things you can, um, it's not necessarily, you can physically practice if you want, but, but it's, keeping in mind how to transition looks, you mm-hmm. know, and just keeping in mind, you know, like these characters, how would these people look? Everybody in a show or a movie plays a character, you know? And so just thinking about someone who, who may, you know, like you said, may be a housewife, but now eventually she's getting ready to go out into um, the, you know, the working world. And now she's, like, how would you transition her look? Those kind of things you could kind of um, learn to, to, to do, like how would you transition it and to kind of think on those things and study that kind of stuff as well. Study your periods, you know, every, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. all the different periods. So sometimes when you say period makeup, people think, back in the 30s and the 40s, the 50s, every, I just, I just named them all. They're all a period, a time period. You know, learn as much as you can about those different time periods because there will be some projects that you may be on that will go from the 50s and then it'll jump to the 70s. You know what I mean? It'll, it may have several periods in one project or it may be a project that's based in the 50s the whole time. So just knowing how to do a makeup that's for the 50s, not the 2019 version of the 50s, but the actual 50s. What products would you use to create that look on the skin? Um, You know, how to actually do the brow. Um, A lot of times it may be, you know, like buying stencils that shows reflections of – those different periods, research, research, research. That's, that's some of the things that you can study and prepare yourself for for film and TV because it's, mm-hmm. it's, film and TV is not always current day makeup. Okay. Thank you yeah. for sharing those so. nuggets. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was. Absolutely. So you ladies got work to do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> so definitely have work to do. Um, but it's been great having you guys on, sharing with us. Um, and that's something we want to do more with, you know, um, makeup artists and people in the beauty industry who hasn't been in the industry as long as us, you know, sharing their stories and their journeys. So appreciate you, um, you ladies being on. Um, one question that we love to ask all of our guests, and that is, what is your definition of beauty? 
Tavia? That's a great question. I am a firm believer that beauty is not only what's on the outside, but it's what's on the inside. Um, So ensuring that we do our self-work to be whole and healed on the outside, so on, excuse me, on the inside, so that it can reflect on the outside. Beauty also entails confidence, knowing who you are, and getting to that place where you walk in that and you show up everywhere you go and everything that you do. And then on top of that, we can add a little makeup to just make it that much more perfect, perfected. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, my definition of beauty is confidence and people with amazing personalities. That's just a beautiful thing to me. And I connect so well with people that have just the best personalities and who are just confident and whatever, you know, you don't have to be, you know, all this, you know, bold type of person. But if you have this, that confidence in you in any type of way, any area of your life, like, I'm in love, and it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. Nice. Can you both um, share with our listening audience where people can find you on social media? If you have a website, any information you wanna you wanna share? Time to pump yourself up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. This is Tavia. I can be found on Instagram as Tavia. T-A-V-I-A-J Beauty. My website is also TaviaJBeauty.com. My email address is also TaviaJBeauty at gmail.com. And I can also be reached on Facebook at TaviaJBeauty. I tried to keep it simple. <laughs> um, this is Alvedia Fraser and my Instagram is bringing without the G the flavor and my email address is flavorsbyalvania at gmail.com and my Facebook is Alvania Fraser. Nice. So what I want you ladies to what I want you ladies to do is to make sure you all meet one another because you're very close. I need you all to find the time to meet one another and hold each other accountable and and help one another out when it comes to this film and television thing. I will definitely do that. I I wrote your name down, so I'm about to follow you. Like, as soon as we got the phone, Tavia. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. I already sent you one as well. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. All it's right, a and then pleasure, you all also... I'm so excited that you guys had us on tonight. Oh, absolutely. When you absolutely. all also have to keep us posted as to um, what you're doing. You said, absolutely. what was that again? I said, you all have to keep us posted as to what you're doing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to come down there a lot, so I may be down there during the week a lot working. So. Hopefully I can nice. come see you guys or do lunch or something. Keep us posted. It'll be great. Sure. I will. I will. All right. So um, we don't have anything else. Oh, you can follow us. Uh, let's see. Where are we? 
You can follow the show on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. And then we're on Facebook at beauty, um, beauty talk online. And we're on Twitter, beauty underscore talk. We couldn't get everything the same. So um, you can follow me <laughs> on all social media platforms. I am at Janice Tunnell. And you can follow my sister at Denise Tunnell on all social media platforms. Websites, everything the same. Don't go to the website because it needs to be updated. <laughs> so I have a question. Okay, I'm with Lynn. I know this is off topic. Who's the oldest? Janice is the oldest. And by how many minutes? Five. Oh, that's so cute. I'm the oldest by four minutes. <laughs> Twin power. I'm, oh, a wow. I'm a twin too, and I'm the you oldest are? by one minute. I oh, am. Wow, oh my that's God. so cool. <laughs> twin power. Twin power Sunday. Are you, all, are, you, are you all identical? No, we're yeah, fraternal. I, I am. Oh. Okay, that's so, so cute. You are. Oh, my, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> that is Crazy. so cool. I love being a twin, though. I have to say that. I love being a twin, so. It's amazing. Yeah. It's I had amazing. no idea. I, I, I had no idea you all were twins. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nice meeting you, Tavia. All right, ladies. You too. We're talking to you. Thanks. And thank you so much, Denise and Janice. Oh, you're, you're welcome. welcome. Thank, you. thank you both as well. We appreciate it. All and right. You guys have, have a blessed great day. Week. You too. All right, you, you as too. well. All right, bye bye. Okay, okay. good night. Thank you guys for tuning in um, with us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we will be back next Sunday night as well, same time, 9 p.m. And uh, stay tuned uh, later in the week when we'll post who our guests will be. But again, thank you to Alvania Frazier and um, Tavia Jackson for being our guest tonight. Both ladies have great stories, and I'm looking forward to seeing them um, doing film and TV um, very soon. I wanted to say um, thank you to Sharon Tina, who's been on the line tonight. Thank you for tuning in. We've missed you as well. So we appreciate that um, and appreciate all the listeners who tuned in via the phone and those who tuned in online. We thank you guys for uh, listening tonight. We greatly appreciate it. And with that being said, everyone have a beautiful and blessed week and have a wonderful, wonderful night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com.
friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today.